all scripture, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, ye are complete in him, all wisdom and prudence. These expressions and more signify God's abundant grace to us, with such breadth, length, depth, and height to comprehend. But is it too much? Is it too much for us? Should we partake? And if so, how much should we partake in? This and more coming in this episode. Welcome to the weekly Wholesome Words podcast, where we examine the sound doctrine of God's Word for the specific purpose to know Christ, gain the renewing of our mind, that we might prove what is His will in our lives, that all things would work together for His purpose. I am Josh Strelecki, pastor and teacher of Twin Cities Grace Fellowship. Join me in this episode as we take a look at Drink Ye All of It. I find these expressions very fascinating and uh, just splendid expressions that describe a measure, describe a uh, degree, and the degree and measure in which they're describing is essentially one, and that is Christ. The medium and the avenues in which God has ordained and instituted to pursue Christ also therefore follow this degree and measure, for they are the means unto the end of Christ, which really there is no end. As I've been reading over the through the gospel accounts lately, when I have come to the passage of the Lord's table, here there here he is sitting with his disciples, with his apostles. They're partaking in the Passover meal. He is going to be their Passover lamb, for he's about to shed his blood. And he does something afterwards that institutes something new. It's in view of what's about to take place, but it's going to be done in remembrance of what he's about to do. He says in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 26, he says this, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. I can't tell you how many times I've read this passage before. But as God's word does, and the way in which edification takes place is oftentimes when we are learning things afresh, when we're learning things anew, when we're coming to grasp deeper and deeper truths. We will read again things that we have read before, and there will be things that stand out that just didn't mean too much before. And this expression... Drink ye all of it. And then he goes on to say, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When he says, Drink ye all of it. Why doesn't he just say, Drink ye? 
Why doesn't he just come along and just, hey, drink ye some of it? No, he says, drink ye all of it. I find this most fascinating in view of the expressions I already mentioned before, Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture is given. All. Not some of it. Not part of scripture. But all of it. Over in Ephesians chapter 4, he goes on to describe about coming to the unity of the faith unto a perfect man. He says, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, that in one sense says it's, there's only a measure of the fullness. A measure of the fullness that we receive now. And so, in one sense, it's only part of the fullness the fullness of the fullness is yet to come. But the expression itself denotes fullness, not someness, not partness, but fullness. Or in Colossians chapter 2, he goes on and says, And ye are complete in him, in view of all the philosophy. And all the traditions of men that Paul's describing over there in Colossians chapter 2. He says, and ye are complete in him. Ephesians chapter 1. He talks about how God is abounded towards us in all wisdom and prudence. It is these words, all complete fullness, that designate a well-rounded, full, not empty, God-intended purpose to be fulfilled concept and principle. When Christ was about to die on the cross, he had much more in view than just the shedding of his blood for many for the remission of sins. The New Testament, by virtue of Christ's blood, would provide much more than just the forgiveness of sins. If you come back with me to Jeremiah chapter 31, where he sets forth the new covenant and he, to the nation of Israel, in view of the old, he says this in verse 33. Verse 31, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the, land, uh, in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I wasn't a husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor, and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. The construction of the new covenant in Jeremiah 31 it is the cream of the crop on top, 
and it is the provision for that crop on the bottom. In other words, for I will forgive their iniquity and I'll remember their sin no more, by which is packaged in the new covenant, is the means and the provision so that which is in front can take place. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. So when the Lord says, when he is establishing some things in regards to the New Testament, and there's a difference between the New Covenant and the Day of Atonement to that of the blood that was shed there at Calvary and its power to bring forth the New Testament. And therefore, although we weren't covenanted with the New Covenant, we can partake of the Testament. Putting that aside, when the Lord comes along and says, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. That's only part of the New Testament. And yet he doesn't leave out the rest of the New Testament. He doesn't leave out, although he doesn't make mention of it, I will put my law in their inner parts and write it in their hearts. He doesn't leave that out. For he's going to come along, and before that he says, Drink ye all of it. Now that's a fascinating thing. It's a fascinating thing, especially in view of what he set forth prior to this. If you reference other gospel accounts, the Lord comes along prior to the meal and during the Passover meal, and he talks about how he's going to send, when he goes away, he's going to send to them the spirit of truth, and he's going to teach them in all things. He's going to be the the orchestrator of the writing of God's things in their hearts, especially when they believe. He's going to write it. He's going to lead them. He's going to teach them. He's going to bring them into remembrance of all things. And that is what the, the, the cup and the bread signify. He said earlier when he's being tempted and he, he deals with the temptations of the adversary to qualify himself as Israel's kinsman redeemer and man's kinsman redeemer. And he deals with every temptation by quoting the word of God. And one portion of the word of God over there in Deuteronomy is man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This bread and this cup signify the provision and the, 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 the ongoing, effectual working of what's coming. And that is the Word of God, taught by the Spirit of God, yea, the Spirit of truth. And the Lord says here, by virtue of what He's going to do, in shedding his blood for the remission of sins so that he might forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more, is that's only what the blood partially pays for. The blood pays for much more. That is the inward writing of his things on their hearts. A conformity, a a transformation in the inward man. And notice what he says in view of that. He says, Drink ye 
All of it. All of it. Now, you might be thinking, I rightly divide the word of truth. I am a Pauline mid-Acts dispensationalist, so I believe that the New Testament doesn't have any bearing upon us. That is something we need to rightly divide the word of truth, and therefore, this is of no significance. Yet when you go through Paul's epistles, you quickly learn in his first epistle in the book of Romans that we are a partaker of their, that is Israel's, spiritual things. He's gone through in Romans chapters 1 through 5 that we are not justified by the works of the law, but by faith alone. Not the old way, but here's the new way. And we're justified by faith alone. That's not new, but that in the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He goes on in Romans chapter 6 through 8 that we're not under the law, the old, but we're under grace. The new. John chapter 1, he describes that by the law, uh, the law came by Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. And grace upon grace. The spiritual things and the doctrine that would drop down from heaven as dew upon the earth through the Lord's teaching there was new and it was he was full of grace and full of truth and when he departs whom is he sending the spirit of truth are you taught by the spirit of truth are you taught by the spirit of god not that you're going through israel's program but whom are you taught by the spirit of of truth, the Spirit of God, Romans chapter eight. For we are made, we have received the Spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. He has provided for us to be sons; therefore, be led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, to be taught by Him. And what we are to do is to drink deeply. We're to feed upon the feast of his word and drink into the spirit. I want to show you that and just encourage you again about what we are to be doing in view of God's word. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, right after he gets done talking about the Lord's table and the confusion that the Corinthians made it in view of making it the Lord's Supper, In chapter 12, he describes the spiritual gifts, but then he says this in verse 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. That's what the the Lord's table signified, the bread in the cup. It is is the remission of sins, but the ongoing provision that they were to drink in. And the Lord's table continues to signify that and, and to remember our feasting upon the word of God. And no doubt some don't partake in the Lord's table. And because they are oftentimes con- dealing with the word of God the way they w- which they should be. But it's a time of remembrance of what Christ 
provided for in his death, burial, and resurrection. In, in to, when he did the will of God in this body that was prepared for him. And when he shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. And, and we are all made to drink into one spirit. Whether we drink or not. That is up to you. But we are all made to drink into one spirit. And therefore, his things towards us are all the same. They're, they're objective. They're, they're impactful. They're effectual to accomplish what God desires to accomplish with us. And the issue is, is we aren't simply to partake in some of Christ. But we are to drink all of him. This is why you'll see Paul time and time again, Philippians chapter 3 there where, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, chapter 3 where he talks about the issue of, I count all things but dung, that I might win Christ. It's not running partially. It's not running haphazardly. It's striving lawfully for Christ. And therefore, my encouragement is one, not only that we would read the Word of God, but that we would be students of the Word of God, that we would richly engage in the rich things of God so that God's Word might richly dwell within us and thus Christ dwell richly in us. The way in which we come to know God through the express image of his person, the Lord Jesus Christ, is by learning from the spirit of truth, drinking into that one spirit, engaged in all of scripture, going unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, benefiting from the completeness that we have in Christ so that we resort not to philosophy and the traditions of men and the opinions of the world and the the. the uh, the wisdom of the world and the enticing words of man's speech and wisdom. For God has made Christ to be unto us wisdom, and yea, he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. If he delivered up his Son for us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? We are to be filled up, we are to be full. We are to be able to come along and say, I can't get enough. We are, we are to be addicted to the ministry like the house of Stephanus in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We are to be engaged in the operations of God. We are, this is reasonable in view of what he did for us. So my hope and prayer for you as you go on this year, as we go on together, is you, you would dig deep into the world.